Hello and welcome to the She Shall Be Called podcast where we explore womanhood through biblically defined standards. I'm your host Portia Collins and if this is your first time joining us, I encourage you to hit that subscribe button. Also, I encourage you to engage with us by joining us in our Facebook group or following us on Instagram. Lastly, we want to hear from you. So please email us with your questions or your concerns um, or even suggested topics at info at she shall be called.com. All right. As always, let's get to it. All right, so our topic today is biblical womanhood, and we know that this is a very hot and popular topic among um, many women's ministries nowadays. Um, Everybody seems to have an opinion or something to say in regard to what biblical womanhood is, and um, I guess we are no different. Uh, We're going to cover the topic today as well. So if you have um, paid attention to our website, you'll notice that um, She Shall Be Called. We basically define ourselves as a community of women um, who are committed to understanding and embodying true womanhood through biblically defined standards. And I know that some women have honestly read that and been like, okay, What does that mean? Um, Because that that is very broad. And um, I I was intentional when I wrote that. Um, All too often we have women who want to zone in on particular passages in the Bible as blueprints for uh, Christian womanhood. Whereas our particular stance on this is that honestly, Christian womanhood encompasses everything from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, okay? Because we are Christian women and because we know that the word of God is, um, all of it is for all of us, then we don't want to leave anything out. So basically our position on this is to focus on the Bible in its entirety and help to build women as Christian women through properly understanding the word of God. And so that's our our focus. And that's kind of why we transition into having that conversation um, about Bible literacy. So at this point, I um, think it would be fitting to discuss what biblical womanhood is not. And um, the first place that I want to go is um, that I want to say that biblical womanhood is not simply Proverbs 31. Oftentimes when um, you hear women talking about biblical womanhood, the first thing that they um, mention is is Proverbs 31. And I kind of chuckle here Because, um, you know, I'm thinking about my own experiences and how I, too, that was the first place that I would go when I would think about, like, okay, what should I be embodying as a uh, a Christian woman? That was like the first scripture that I would go to. And I would often think about that. And then as I grew 
into, you know, life and becoming a wife and a mother and just different things. The more I looked at Proverbs 31, the more I was like, man, I fall incredibly short of uh, of who she is. And um, then I finally, after starting to actually study the Bible rightly and having people to disciple me and to help me understand um, better what this text, what the purpose of this text is, that's when I realized that, okay, Proverbs 31, this woman is archetypal in the sense that she is a model of um, a Christian woman. She is not some type of litmus test that we should be comparing ourselves to um, to try to, you know, feel good about ourselves or so that we can boast in, you know, well, I'm able to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and all of that, like I see so many women who get discouraged when, and I was one of those women who got discouraged when I realized like, okay, I'm not hurt. My life looks incredibly different than the Proverbs one thirty one woman. Um, and that's okay. Because like I said, she's archetypal. She's a model. She, there are principles and things that, um, is illustrated here, um, to help us better understand, you know, what it means to be godly and how uh, a godly woman fears the Lord. See, that's the, I think that's the premise that we miss here is that the biggest thing about her is that she is a woman who lives in reverence to God. And that is what we should be doing. That is what we should take away from this passage of scripture is that regardless if we are married or single or whether we work in the home or outside of the home, our focus should be to live in a God honoring way in reverence to God, not trying to zone in on this particular scripture and be that woman. We're missing the entire point of that passage. So like I said, uh, pro- uh, being a biblical woman is not limited to Proverbs 31. It's so much more than that. Um, also, being a biblical woman is not limit to be- limited to being a married woman. OK, um, single women are just as useful and um, purposeful as married women. OK, and being a married woman does not mean that you have arrived. OK, there are some people who will be single. OK, for the rest of their lives. And they're OK with that. There is nothing wrong with living your life as a single woman. OK, that does not mean that you are any less useful. That does not mean that you are any less of a Christian. But the unfortunate reality is Nowadays, so many people zone in on that and so many women are lost because they feel like their womanhood is nothing um, because they don't I don't have I'm not married and I don't have children and I'm not, you know, um, doing any, you know, I'm not being able to be a support to a spouse or X, Y and Z. And I think that that is a wrong type of thinking. Uh, we even know in. If we look in the in the New Testament, um, Paul talks about how the single per- person profits better than the married. And what he's specifically saying is it's not that he's saying that um, there's any type of, I guess you would say, user's advantage. But what he's saying is a single person 
can dedicate themselves more to the things of the Lord um, as opposed to the married person. And I personally know that to be true. Don't get me wrong. I love my life as a married woman. I love my life as a mother. Um, However, ministry often has to take um, a back seat to that. And when I say ministry, like things that I do with She Shall Be Called or maybe speaking at conferences and things like that, I have to make sure that I am prioritizing those things appropriately because ultimately my first ministry is in my home. And that's the role that I chose with deciding to become a married woman. And that's fine, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there aren't days where I wish or I reflect on my time as as a single woman. And I wish I had made better use of that time in doing things. You know, there were times where I could sit up and blog all night long or I could sit up and, you know, at that time I wasn't doing podcasts. But if I wanted to, you know, I would not have had any other responsibilities other than just me. And so uh, my point here is that, you know, it's not. Um, there is no uh, user's advantage for a married woman or even for for a single woman. Um, you can serve God and do, you know, live a God honoring, God glorifying life, whether married or single. And that is what you should be focusing on as if you are truly seeking to grow and to become a biblical woman, then your focus should be living um in that way that is pleasing to God right where you are, making the best use of that time, having a mindset that you are going to be, you know, content wherever you are and not from a place of like forcing that. I remember when I was single, I struggled for a couple of years with just trying to force myself to be like, okay, I'm fine because that's what people told me I was supposed to do instead of actually going and taking my, you know, thoughts and my feelings and my emotions to God and actually sitting, you know, um, in the scriptures and like just soaking all of that up. I really, I really didn't, I didn't use that time as wisely, um, as I looking at it in hindsight, I don't think I used it as wisely as I should have. And I tried to force myself to be, uh, what I thought I, you know, should be based on what other people was telling me, as opposed to actually searching the scriptures and actually praying and communing with God and actually for real, for real, finding my wholeness in him and being appreciative of where I was in life at that particular time. And it it, it honestly seems like as soon as I reached that particular point, that's when I met my husband, when I finally got to a place where I was like, you know what, I'm really good and I'm not bitter. Well, I I don't subconsciously feel some type of way um, if I do remain single for the rest of my life. Like I was honestly good with that. And then this is when I I meet my husband. So that's um, very ironic. I think that God has a a sense of humor. Um, But, you know, that's just my, my story. And that's how um, I view this. You know, there is no user's advantage or any type of um, one upping of another. If, whether you're married or you're single, you both can be used to the glory of the Lord and um, both can encompass the, the wholeness or the fullness of what a biblical woman is. All right. Um, and that leads me to my next point. A biblical woman is simply a Christian woman. 
And in order to be a a um, or in order to truly understand our roles as Christians, then we have to uh, study. This is where we this and this is where she shall be called comes into play in terms of helping women and equipping them to rightly divide the word of truth so that they can grow in the knowledge of who God is and so that they can grow in grace. And those are two foundational things that um, should be evident in the life of any Christian. Okay. Whether you're a woman or a man, those are foundational premises that should be evident. And so that's what we focus on. We focus on helping women to study, study the word of God rightly to help them become biblically literate and not just cherry picking these scriptures or misinterpreting passage of scriptures like Proverbs 31 or Titus two or, or whatever. Um, we want to make sure that we're, um, helping women to understand the importance of praying and actually like that is such an intimate and beautiful time with God and not just going to him just because you're saying, OK, I'm waiting on my man or I'm waiting on I'm ready to be a mama and X, Y and Z. And don't get me wrong. I don't invalidate those feelings at all. I know I have been there. I understand that. But all I am simply saying is, is don't focus on communing with God simply because you want his hand of provision in your life, but actually commune with him because you want to know him. And in knowing him and growing um, in, in the Lord, you're going to come into a greater, greater knowledge of yourself. And that will help you to develop as a stronger Christian woman. And then you can go out and disciple and uh, evangelize to other women and bring them into the fold and, and grow them as Christian women um, as well. And, and let me be clear here. You're not actually doing the growing. Uh, God does, but you plant the seeds so you can be able to plant those seeds in other women's lives to um, give them, you know, help them get their start on their journey into biblical uh, womanhood. And so um, I, I'll leave you with this. If you have not considered these things, um, get connected with a group of women that you can truly fellowship with and women who have uh, a heart for God and a heart for his word and a heart to um, truly know him. OK, you can connect with us online. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of making sure that you are connected in a local body. You need to be connected to a local church. So if you don't have uh, um, a church that you're regularly fellowshipping with, I encourage you to do that. Um, be a part of the small groups. Be a part of the women's ministries and things like that. And don't just focus on the fluff. And I, and I don't say that in a condescending way, but I say that as don't just focus on the things you know, uh, the, the home making things or the, um, all the, you know, the frills, all these things that are typically associated, uh, with women because of their gender, the things that, that people say that we should do. I'm not saying that, that those things are not important, but what I'm saying is focus on the word. Okay. Get with some women who want to delve into God's word because this is where we can really and truly come into the knowledge of him, y'all. Yes, God reveals himself through through all creation, okay? We know that he exists, but if you want to know him more intimately and you want to grow and grow and grow, 
being in his word and actually engaging in his word with other women is such a beautiful thing. And that's where you're really going to be able to see yourself um, really bloom as a Christian or a biblical woman. All right. So that does it for our episode today. I hope that you truly um, enjoyed it. And I also hope that it was edifying to you um, and that you were able to take something away um, to help you grow. Um, That is what this ministry is about. We want to see women truly grow, grow in grace and grow in the knowledge of God. All right. Um, If you have any questions or if you want to um, just kind of connect with us on this subject, as I said earlier, we're always available by email or you can connect with us um, on social media. We would be happy to chat with you. If you um, have any friends who are not listening, encourage them to come and subscribe to our podcast and to get engaged with us as well. This topic will be um, a series, as you know, probably noted in the title, it said part one. And so we're going to really continue to touch on this and hone in even more. And we're going to have some special guests coming up really, really soon to um, engage and, and touch on this topic. And I'm so excited about that. And I don't want you to miss it. So make sure that you stay tuned and continue to join us. And um, I hope that you you will just really enjoy this and continue to grow and be blessed by it. And I love you all. As always, grace and peace.